When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Profiler Faithful, it's Matty Kiwum. Welcome to the latest episode of The Game Plan. Everybody here, please take a minute to subscribe to the Player Profiler YouTube channel, like this video, and go ahead and leave a few comments and let your boy know how he's handling madness. Today I am not joined by a guest. It's a solo episode, but we are talking about a very important subject. How can we get extra pockets of value if we're drafting on ESPN? A lot of people who have been drafting throughout the offseason, the psychopaths like myself, tend to have been, tend to have been using uh, FFPC or Sleeper. So we're going to compare the Sleeper data the sleeper ADP to the ESPN ADP early on to see where we could find a little bit of pockets for anyone that's drafting on ESPN. Even if you haven't been drafting uh, on sleeper, this is an episode you're going to want to check out because we are going to find you those pockets, those value that we're going to extract a little bit of value here to help you win in your leagues on ESPN. Like I said, today's episode is a solo one. It's been a while since I've been out here solo dolo talking to every one of the planners here. Uh, but next week, we'll have, we'll have some guests back, but it's just me today. And what we're going to talk about, as I just said, was ESPN value. Where can we find some when we're drafting on ESPN? You know, we, as the sport grows, the ESP or as the fantasy football game grows, as dynasty leagues grow, best ball formats, all these things happen. Sleepers growing with, we love Sleeper here at Player Profiler. Uh, in my opinion, it is the best platform to play fantasy football, whether it be dynasty, whether it be redraft, whether it be best ball, PPR, tight end premium, whatever you want. Sleeper is where you want to be. But the fact of the matter is a lot of people are still using ESPN. Uh, you know, lots and lots and lots of people are on ESPN. And if you're one of those people, we got a game plan. We got to work it out here so you can find some value. Some of these players that might be going a little bit later on ESPN than they have been going uh, on on Sleeper so far this season. So I found this data over at Fantasy Pros. Shout out to Fantasy Pros. You know, Pat Fitzmorris, Derek Brown, friends of the game plan, been on the show. So shout out to Fantasy Pros for having this data here. We're looking at Sleeper versus ESPN ADP. Where can we find pockets? And why is that valuable? Why is that exciting for us fantasy gamers? Because we can now game plan. If you are one to mock like I am, I love to run a whole bunch of mocks on all the different platforms that my leagues will be on to, to see how things go. If you're one like me, a psycho like your brother here, Matt Kiwum, you want to find out where you can push back, where you can sit back and let the draft come to you. Where can you pass on a player that, will, that might even come around or more 
and still be able to get them where you can maximize that roster and truly put together a team that's ready to smash in 2023. This is probably more so for our redraft listeners, our season leagues. You know, the draft season is among us. It is going to be, it's going to be here before you know it. Scott Fishbowl has come and gone. This weekend is the Fantasy Football Expo. Shout out to everybody who is in Canton this weekend celebrating the game that we all love, Fantasy Football. I was able to go last year. It was an absolute blast. Met a bunch of really, really cool people in the industry. And this year seems to be just another step up. I'm just seeing pictures, getting so much FOMO over here in Massachusetts. Uh, But you know what? Your boy's going to make his appearance. He's coming back in 2024 because i can't be out for too long it was too much fun last year everyone's looking like they're having even more fun in 2023 so i'm going to be there next year so with all that that was a kind of a side note but basically why that came up is after the fantasy football expo we are knocking on the door for the nfl season ladies and gentlemen we are seeing week one of the preseason go on this weekend. We've seen a whole bunch of games. You know, George Pickett broke a tackle, made a safety look dumb, scoring a touchdown. Johan Dotson hurdled a couple defenders and scored a touchdown. Oh, my man, Deontay Johnson had three nice catches, and Jerry Judy took a 30-yard touchdown to the crib last night. So we're getting some football. We're starting to see how these off-season narratives are going to be twined together as we prep for our draft seasons. So without further ado, Let's dive into what I found here on ESPN. And we're going to go player by player here. We're going to look for uh, uh, the pockets of value, players that you can now maybe wait around, rate two rounds or more. However, that goes on your ESPN leagues and compared to uh, Sleeper League. So the first guy I'm going to talk about here is wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints, Chris Olave. Now, there has been an update on ESPN, which has kind of brought it back down to earth. He was a mega value uh, just a couple weeks ago, but now he's going about a round after uh, Sleeper. So right now he is will pick 38 on ESPN. He was picked 26 on Sleeper. That is a, a, a about a round difference. And early on in our drafts, a round difference is a massive, massive deal. And if when you look at Chris Olave's profile, his best comparable player is Garrett Wilson, you know, fellow sophomore wide receiver from Ohio State. Uh, we're very excited about his uh, QB upgrade in New York. I think we should also be very excited about the QB upgrade in New Orleans. Derek Carr has shown the ability to throw the ball deep. We're seeing a bunch of connection going on so far in the offseason between Carr and his uh, sophomore receiver Chris Olave. Olave last year saw 119 targets, caught 72 of them, had over 1,000 yards, and only caught four touchdowns. He scored 13.2 fantasy points per game. That was wide receiver 25. And right now, yes, he is going a little bit higher. He's coming off the board right around wide receiver 14, 15. I don't know if he has that wide receiver 12 ceiling, but I do think finishing in the side of the top 15 is absolutely uh, in his in his range of outcomes. And because of that, I'm looking to take advantage of this additional round value in terms of where we've been taking him right around pick 25. And now we're getting him right around pick 40 on ESPN. That's a pretty good value rating and when we look at his underlying metrics his ADOT was ninth best in the NFL he had the third highest air yard shares he but he also had the fifth most unrealized air yards and what that tells me when you look at that analytical profile is he's a deep threat He's a guy that can command a whole lot of deep throws from his team's offense. We saw that last year as he had a 40% air yard share, but that 845 unrealized air yards, fifth most 
means that that QB upgrade is going to be nice for Chris Olave. So if we can now go into our drafts, especially in our more casual drafts, and we can target a hero RB, let's say we want to go Bijan right around pick eight. If let's say we want to go with Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, uh, being able to Chris Olave now uh, in you know outside of the round, first three rounds, as opposed to we were taking him on sleeper, which is early third. We're getting him now in the early fourth. That's a huge difference. And if you have one of these early picks, you can go Christian McCaffrey, and then you can hit that bam bam and potentially get to come away with two stud receivers. Uh, one being, let's say, you want to go with Devontae Adams, you want to go with CD Lamb, whatever your flavor is there in the rounds two and three. Having the ability to wait on Chris Olave as your number two or number three receiver is mm, that chef's kiss. So I love what we're seeing here in Chris Olave, but it seems to be that value is shrinking a bit. So the days of the Chris Olave value may be numbered. But right now, if your ESPN drafts are coming up, uh, they will be getting faster and more furious as the weeks creep towards September. Uh, but right now, Chris Olave, that's somebody that I think you should be valuing or, or, or targeting, being a little bit aggressive because you get that extra pocket of value on ESPN. The next guy that I'm going to want to talk about is somebody who I, I love the player. I love the prospect. Um, I think that this kid is supremely talented and, and going into his second year uh, for the Seattle Seahawks, I, I was you know pretty excited for what kind of year he could put together. But I'm talking about Kenneth Walker. Um uh, but the injury now, we haven't seen him really practice much. He has a groin injury. Pete Carroll's about the worst person that you can rely upon when it comes to coaches speak and injury updates. Uh, you know, Zach Charbonnet was listed like he was he was out listed indefinitely, indefinitely by Pete Carroll, only to return just like four days later. Uh, Kenneth Walker, though, we have yet to see him come back. But if you, you know, in these leagues, on the, let's just say on in your ESPN leagues, the value that you're getting is easing the uh, nervousness, I will say, in terms of that injury. Because right now, he's coming off the board on ESPN at pick 64, um, compared to where we were taking right around pick 38 on sleepers. So we're talking about a guy that's two rounds late. Uh, yeah, my man my man in the chat here says he's got his blinders on for Walker. He thinks he shreds this year. I, I, you know, I'm still kind of leaning on that. And then when you see the value that you're getting on ESPN, so if you have any of your drafts coming up on ESPN, being able to take Walker now, uh, two rounds later is that's something that I think you can really build a winning roster around. He's going uh, after what running backs like Aaron Jones, who I do like, Jameer Gibbs, Joe Mixon, Brees Hall, ETN, Najee Harris. You know, those players are obviously worthy of the ADP right now uh, for different reasons. But Kenneth Walker was someone who was ahead of all of those. And now with the injury, it's getting baked into the price. And the price on ESPN is it's still relatively juicy, in my opinion. Because now, uh, as opposed to having to take that that take that swing, that risk early round four uh, to potentially be your running back one or two, it, it seemed to be a little bit more. Let's call it daring. Let's call it uh, stupid. Maybe I would go. Maybe that's a little extreme, but it still would be. A, it's more dangerous uh, when you have to take them in round four, gambling around other players who are healthy and have maybe not the same upside, but. 80% uh, of Kenneth Walker's upside. It makes it tough. But now here, two rounds later, pick 64. 
four. We're talking about a guy you can get now in round six, uh, mid even round six. You you he could potentially be your wider your running back three that you've taken, and that just kind of insulates your risk because now you have two guys that you could start week in week out when he gets healthy. Because there's nothing, there's no indicators that this this groin injury is going to be a season ender, a season uh, derailer. It's something that he's just gonna have to come back from. Something's got to get healthy from. So that's uh, in my opinion. Uh, someone I'm targeting. And Kenneth Walker, again, let's look at what he did last year. He was an absolute stud running the football. Uh, underlying metrics, juke rate, top 12, breakaway run rate, top eight. He had the third most breakaway runs as a whole in the league. He can create by himself. He was top 12 in yards created. This is a running back that I do believe that he doesn't need that receiving ceiling to, to cash in. And now you're getting him at running back 17, I think that this the sky's the limit in terms of your team build if you get this extra pocket of value here on ESPN. So Kenneth Walker is somebody I'm kind of targeting. And even his 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 handcuff here, if you believe in Zach Charbonnet, who had a couple catches in preseason game one, he also is coming at a little bit of a value uh, in comparing to ESPN to or comparing sleeper ADP to ESPN. Uh, it's not as drastic, and we'll probably see Kenneth Walker's potentially grow, whereas Charbonnet's may shrink if this injury lag uh, lingers on and Zach Charbonnet continues to be on the field because what we're seeing now is a more of a trend around the NFL where teams are okay giving uh, valuable members of their offense and defense playing time in the preseason to get them going, get get them in the swing of things, and kind of limit what they do in any given game. But there, there there's definitely going to be opportunities for Zach Charbonnet to shine on the field. Right now he's coming off the board running back uh, 38. Sleeper ADP has him right around pick 100, where ESPN has him at pick 150. So, I mean, if you want to put these two together, if you want to take the value on Kenneth Walker and then wait a little bit right around 150 on ESPN, get Zach Charbonnet and really kind of get that handcuff move. I, I I don't really love handcuffing as a strategy. I like other handcuffs. I don't like to handcuff my own guys, but if you want to uh, uh, check some of that stuff out too, I did a video about my favorite handcuffs. Maddie Kelly, the pod father, just dropped his video on his favorite handcuffs. So we got a whole lot of handcuff stuff coming out here from Eat Player Profile that you definitely should check out. But if you want to, if you want to partner those pockets of value, let's call it a, a little bit of a, a value marriage between the, the Seattle Seahawks running backs. That might be a, a pretty dang good strategy to go by. The next guy that I want to talk about here uh, is probably my favorite value in terms of uh, running backs when it comes to sleeper ADP to ESPN, and that's J.K. Dobbins. Right now he's coming off the board around running back 26. Uh, you have to use a top 60 pick. He's coming off the board at 55 on sleeper, but on ESPN, you can wait right around pick 100. Ladies and gents, 100, 97. That's about a three and a half round difference uh, between the two platforms. Uh, a a, a value rating right around 42 picks. Pretty good. I, you know, we can't sit here and believe that J.K. Dobbins is going to hold out all season, right? There's a little bit of friction between him and the organization, but all reports are that I mean, not all reports, but I mean, if you want to trust your gut, my gut's saying that J.K. Dobbins is somebody that will be on the field. He will be a contributor in an offense that we're all pretty excited about, right? I mean, Todd Munkin is in town, and J.K. Dobbins projects to be the lead back on this offense. And when you look at his depth chart, Gus Gus Edwards, uh, who else is out back there? Tyler Batty might still be there. Let me. I'm going to look into this because I don't believe that the, the the Ravens depth chart really scares me all that much. They just brought in Melvin Gordon, who hasn't really been all that effective in a couple of years. Uh, so when you look at their depth chart, 
it seems to me like J.K. Dobbins is going to be a player that is uh, on the field for them and on the field for an offense that should be faster paced, should throw the ball more. And I know what you're saying like Lamar Jackson doesn't throw to his running back. So why do I want the running back attached to Lamar Jackson if they're going to be throwing more? But I would say to that, if they're throwing more, the, the ceiling is higher. So the output of passing is going to be higher. And even if the target share doesn't soar through the, the moon, doesn't go through the stars for J.K. Dobbins, it's, it could definitely increase to a point where you're very excited for an additional couple targets a game. And, yeah, when I'm looking at this depth chart, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, Melvin Gordon, Keith Mitchell, I mean, there's a whole bunch of fine players, we'll call them. We'll call them former good players. Like, I still love Gus Edwards as a handcuff because he has that ability Uh to put up pretty decent numbers when you need them to. But J.K. Dobbins right here is my favorite value. And coming into the year, we're now 18-plus months removed from the ACL injury, which is a big deal. Uh, when we're tracking the ACL injuries, it's tough when that first year back. It's a lot of reason why we're kind of nervous about Javante Williams. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, we did see why that was an issue last year. He started the first uh, few games, was able to play, wasn't really all that effective, was re-injured, had to miss most of the season because they probably rushed him back, in my opinion. But then he came, even when he probably wasn't 100% when he came back from injury, he was still pretty good, really, really efficient uh, on the ground. And we're talking about a former uh, 4 3 7 40 guy who had a 96 percentile speed score. So we are talking about a good athletic running back. And I know that it's a smaller sample size because he did not play in a whole lot of games last year. Like I said, he only played in eight games in 2022. Still had the, th- you know, the third best breakaway run rate at 10%. He was very, very elusive. He had a, a very high juke rate. He was able to create a whole bunch of yards per touch good true yards per carry metrics so even though he wasn't at a hundred percent he was still absolutely effective and in this improved offense i want to get me some jk dobbins and on espn you know if you're gonna if you're a little nervous that three and a half round discount that's something that i definitely definitely want to be a part of when it comes to jk dobbins so that's another guy that i want i'm targeting here in espn leagues uh being able to make a potentially be running back depth here. Uh, like I said, running back 26 coming off the board, uh, the guy 20 running back 27, right after him, Deandre Swift. There's a little bit of a, there's a little ping pong in action of whether it's Kenneth Gainwell, Deandre Swift is the running back. You want uh, Matt Kelly talks about it a ton. He is, you know, arbitrage to uh, Kenneth Gainwell is the arbitrage to Deandre Swift because he's going so much later has similar uh, skill sets, but I'm still a Swifty. If you check out my latest video uh, of players to target, I'm still targeting DeAndre Swift. So I, I'm going with DeAndre Swift for sure. But those two players are, are values on ESPN and being able to get them right around, you know, pick 100 for J.K. Dobbins. I love that value. So I'm targeting J.K. Dobbins in my ESPN drafts. Next player I want to talk about is a rookie, a rookie wide receiver. Now, overall, there is a trend, I would say, that they're the rookies are drafted a little bit later on ESPN than Sleeper. There is some explanation to that. I mean, there are more sharp drafters typically on Sleeper. There are a lot more dynasty drafting uh, on Sleeper. Uh, so obviously the the younger players will uh, be drafted a little bit more aggressively. People tend to like that value. But ESPN, every single year, if you draft on ESPN, you know this. There are, there are chances for you to get are really, really, really good players, especially those young ones late. And Jordan Addison is one of them this year. You have to use the 83rd pick to get him on sleeper, but on ESPN, you can get him at 109. So it's about a two-round uh, two difference to, to get him like two rounds later on ESPN right now. 
Uh, and we saw what this kid's skill set this year in week one of the preseason. I know it was called an incomplete pass, but no one's going to hoot and holler over a completion in the preseason where if this was a regular season, they're challenging that, they're winning that, and Jordan Addison makes one of the best catches uh, of of the preseason with that toe drag. And, and when we look at players with that ability, the ability to toe drag Tony, you know, Antonio Brown, those type of guys thrive in the NFL. Those guys that can make those really difficult catches on the sidelines. We know Jordan Addison can win all over the field. We know that Jordan Addison is in an offense that is going to be an absolute barn burner of an offense. I've talked about it ad nauseum because of my love for Kirk Cousins this year. And he's going to slide right into that wide receiver two role uh, in Minnesota. And that's a role that was uh, formerly filled by Adam Thielen. Thielen is now in Carolina. And when with his departure, leaves over 100 targets. 107 targets has now been vacated. And I don't see why Jordan Addison can't get every single one of them. I don't see why Jordan Addison can't get that and more given his ability to get open uh, a little bit better than than Adam Thielen can at this point in his career. So uh, Jordan Addison is a player that I like. Jordan Addison is a player that I like even without this extra pocket of value. But this value here that I'm getting on ESPN is turning my team now into a truly dangerous weapon because the upside for Jordan Addison is through the roof. He's going to be playing in an offense, like I said, that throws the ball a ton. He's going to be playing in an offense uh, that has a a good schedule for Fantasy Gamer. Uh, they play 11 indoor games. They travel to some of the, the worst spots in terms of weather, Philadelphia, Chicago, uh, to name a couple, before Halloween. They get the Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers at home. Those are two of the tougher defenses that they'll face. Having that home cooking obviously helps. So there's just going to be a lot of things going right. I think for this offense. And now there's no Dalvin cook, which just again, smells more and more and more passing. Uh, so Jordan Addison, get him in your team here. He's best comparable player on player profile to Deontay Johnson. And believe me, if you could put Justin Jefferson and, and Deontay Johnson on the same team, I think uh, most of us would be pretty happy about that, that wide receiver one and two combo. So Jordan Addison, the rookie, you get a little bit of that discount because ESPN does tend to uh, push down the ADP of rookies. The casual gamers kind of wait on the rookies. Uh, and we, we see that in the ADP data that we're breaking down here today. So Jordan Addison being able to get him two rounds late is a player that I'm absolutely targeting. This next guy uh, is the value is too tantalizing. I will say this. The risk is through the roof. This player is made of glass. I'm talking about Kadarius Tony, wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. He had a procedure on his knee. Uh, they're saying he'll be ready for week one. Jordan shrug emoji. I don't know. I, 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 we don't know if he's going to be back week one. They say he is. We don't. We can't believe it. But being able to take Kadarius Tony almost six rounds later on ESPN does provide a little bit of – it's enticing, right? I mean, we have to use a top 100 pick on Sleeper, but we don't have to take Kadarius Tony on ESPN until 163. So we're talking about just a bench piece here. We're talking to somebody. We're talking about a player you can just throw on your bench, and if you have to cut him, you're cutting a guy that you took after 150, after 160. If this continues, you mean we're going to see this continue to to to, to grow out because he's hurt. He's not going to be back all off all, all preseason. But again, 25 years old. And I know it's one thing, it's it, but that game against the Dallas Cowboys a couple years ago when he was still in New York, it just it can't I just can't can't get it out of my head. He he went bonkers in that game. He was a target monster in his rook in that game. He was uh, just completely dominant in all aspects of the field. Uh, he saw over he saw thirteen targets two in the red zone. He caught ten of those. 
for 189 yards. He's wide receiver five that week. And that type of player uh, with Patrick Mahomes, it's going to be tough for your boy to completely quit Kadarius Tony, especially in season redraft and dynasty. I'm kind of off of it. Um, because it just, I don't like all that risk. But in terms of redraft in your seasonal leagues, I might be able to take on because if he does click and if he comes back and he's dynamic and they don't need a ton of targets, you know, a ton of targets don't have to go his way for him to be effective with the Chiefs. I think I'm going to take this. I think I'm going to take a little bit more chances on ESPN than I have anywhere else because, like I said, getting him after 150, getting him at pick 60 at wide receiver 46. Give me the psychopath from Kansas City. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna have a little bit of Kadarius Tony in some of my ESPN drafts. I don't draft on ESPN a ton, but uh, you know some of my buddy drafts and some of my other drafts from ESPN. I'm gonna be having some Kadarius Tony because what if I want a little bit of that exposure? I want a little bit of that upside being in the Chiefs offense. The next player I'm gonna talk about is a rookie running back. Uh, we saw him last night catch four passes for the Miami Dolphins. I'm talking about Devon A. Chain. He's coming off the board right now, running back 41. Uh, sleeper, we have to use a top 115 pick. So, again, there's some value even there. But on ESPN, you can get him right around pick 200. Let me say that again. You can get the potentially – let me restart. Let me restart. That wasn't good enough. Let me do it again. I'm going to do it again. I'm solo here today. I can do whatever I want. I'm going to take another second. You can get the potential running back one for a high-octane Miami Dolphins offense right around pick 200. 200, 198 right now in ESPN. That's about a seven-round difference. The 83 picks is wow. I mean, and this guy is his, his 100th percentile outcome is his best comparable player. That's Chris Johnson. But will that happen? Probably not. But in my seasonal redraft leagues, this is a guy that if you just take here a pick 200 and they completely side skirt Dalvin Cook, or Raheem Mostert gets hurt in week one, which could absolutely happen, you're going to save a ton of fab. You're going to say, this is a guy that could be empty the bank out on your ESPN fab leagues. And this because of his speed. It's, it's because of his speed. 4-3-2 speed. He had under uh, over 108 speed score, 88th percentile. He's only 5-9, 188. That's how fast he is, ladies and gentlemen. So I, I'm going to take some shots here uh, on Devon uh, on Devon A chain here in ESPN leagues because that value is insane. You could just throw him on your bench. He could be somebody that just kind of percolates and and you see what he can do in Miami. And all of a sudden, a couple big games later, he can go bonkers. But this kid is he, he's a very he's a special prospect. You no know, shout out to Theo OG, the Theo Greminger, who's been uh you know kind of touting Devon A chain the entire process even back to before the draft. Very excited about him because his his output in college was that of a bell cow. You know, he had 196 rushing attempts last year, 130 the year before. He's averaged 1,000 yards over his last two seasons. And then, obviously, we love his pass-catching ability to catch four passes in week one of the preseason is encouraging. So to be able to get Devon Chain, throw him on the back of your bench, ah, sign me up. That is someone on ESPN drafts that I just cannot leave without. I got a couple more here before I say uh, a goodbye on this beautiful Saturday afternoon. The first guy I want to talk about did leave the game injured uh, after week one of the preseason, but we love the skill set of Elijah Moore. So we're going to want to follow that injury very, very closely. But again, given this value in which if an injury could make that value go, go, you know, spread out more and more. Give me all the Elijah Moore that I can get in my ESPN drafts. We have to take him right around pick 112 on sleeper. He's going off the board at 151 
on ESPN. That's about 40 picks difference. That's a three-round difference in terms of where you have to take this guy. And we love Elijah Moore's skill set. You know, his best comparable player is Tyler Lockett, right? player profiler. He just hasn't really been given the true opportunity in the NFL. Uh, the, there was a whole weird thing that went on with the Jets. He flashed as a rookie and then a sophomore. He just didn't play, but when he did play, he'd still look good. But now, you know, he's on the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns used a day two pick to to bring him aboard. And the Browns have just been talking to us. You know, the franchise speak out of Cleveland is crazy. It's deafening. They are going to throw the ball a ton. They 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 brought in uh, Elijah Moore. They drafted Cedric Tillman. They did not bring in a pass-catching running back to replace Kareem Hunt. They are looking to chuck the rock, and I want to get this twenty-three-year-old uh, uh, wide receiver on my teams, especially on ESPN, where I'm getting him at a three-round discount. All of his metrics, in terms of his workout metrics, are pretty ex- exciting. Very agile, very fast. Has a pretty good catch radius for his size, only five nine one seventy-eight. Uh, but being able to get him on the Browns this year, who projects to be a, a higher offense, higher octane offense, certainly more of a passing offense, is something I'm definitely looking to attack. You know, he's a top 100 pick on FFPC, which FFPC is pretty much where the sharpest drafters are drafting right now. So the fact that you're getting a 50 round uh, or 50 pick difference from our current FFPC data to um, ESPN is it's it's amazing. It's something that uh, I'm definitely going to look to go ahead and take advantage of because Elijah Moore's upside on in this offense in this division too. Let's talk about that division, the AFC North. They may have a whole lot more fantasy points than we ever thought that this uh, this division could. We're looking at a a revamped and, and a more evolved offense in Baltimore. Obviously, Cincinnati is the class of the league in terms of offense, uh, but the Browns look to be a whole lot pa- more pass happy, and and that will be more for scoring. And then obviously the the Pittsburgh Steelers. We saw Kenny Pickett look really really good in Week One so of the preseason. So. This offense is looking to be very, very dangerous. So we are, we want Elijah Moore for sure in all of our leagues. Now, before we get into the next guy, I want to hear about uh, one of our sponsors here for FFPC. Hey, you know, people always ask me, what's the World Series of Fantasy? What's the Super Bowl of Fantasy? And it's easy. It's the FFPC. Their signature players championship has a $6 million prize pool. And their best ball leagues start in february and they're the answer to so many questions hey what's the best place to get a dynasty orphan well you can adopt a dynasty orphan at the ffpc right now there's more orphans at the ffpc than anywhere else on the internet that's why we partner with them so if you want to play fantasy football for low medium high stakes you love dynasty you love best ball you love seasonal leagues all types of fantasy footballers need to go to the ffpc and remember Use promo code UNDERWORLD. Promo code UNDERWORLD gets you $25 off your first team. Promo code UNDERWORLD, $25 off your first team, no matter what the format is, at the FFPC. Go get it. We're here on the Game Plan Solo episode this week, and we're talking about value on ESPN drafts compared to some of the others. Next player that we're talking about here today that has a bit of value is someone who returned to the field this past week, a former first-round draft pick, someone that we're very excited about, and he was also very, very excited to return. Pictures surfaced on Twitter of him hugging the field, and that is Rashad Bateman, Shoddy B, coming in for his third season. We're hoping it's his healthiest yet because this guy has only played 18 games. 
in his first two seasons uh, in the NFL. But again, we're talking about Baltimore Ravens. We're talking about that offense being better. I talked, you know, it was mentioned early in the show when we broke down J.K. Dobbins. We're hoping Todd Munkin brings a higher paced, faster paced offense to this NFC, AFC North uh, team, the Baltimore Ravens. We talked about it a minute ago when it comes to Elijah Moore, why we like players in this division more this year. So Rashad Bateman is, it, it falls into that. And the risk of Rashad Bateman is mitigated on ESPN because we have to use the top. Uh, he goes 135. Again, it's not super high uh, on sleeper itself, but on ESPN. Folks, he's going after pick 220. Right now his ADP on ESPN is 222, according to our, our ADP data that I grabbed from Fantasy Pros, uh, which is an 87-pick value. 87 picks later, you can get him on ESPN. That's over a seven-round difference. I am taking a dart throw on Rashad Bateman on ESPN. How can you not? This guy could potentially be the wide receiver two on an offense that we are hoping takes that next stride. If you believe that Odell Beckham's the guy and he still got it, maybe you will be, uh, maybe you'll be a little bit more, you'll be against this this pick here. But I I don't think so. I don't know how much Odell Beckham has in the tank. And if we're talking uh, uh, two injury plague players, you're talking about a former great or someone who a younger player who bounces back from injury better. I guess we'll see this year. It's a good case study. But I'm going with Rashad Bateman with this with this. Uh, this value here on ESPN. My man Jonathan Lang in the chat saying that Lamar called Rashad Bateman the team's wide receiver one. That feels good for our shoddy B uh, uh, enthusiasts. The risk is obviously very, very tough. It's 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 something that you have to be cognizant of, obviously. But come on, guys. 222? That's the pick you have to use on Rashad Bateman? I'm going to, I think that's okay with me. I'm, again, where he's going in similar ranges of. Ezekiel Elliott, Deontay Foreman, Jalen Hyatt, Zay Jones, his t- Zay Jones, Rondell Moore. These guys are all considered sleepers at best in most rankings. So to be able to get a guy like Shadi B, a, a former favorite, a former darling of the fantasy world at wide receiver 56 after pick 220 on ESPN, I'm taking that all day long. All day, baby. All day long. The next guy I'm talking about, we talked a lot about running backs and a lot of receivers. That is where the value is most uh, uh, apparent when we're looking at sleeper versus ESPN data for average draft position. Uh, So that's kind of the positions we've harped on. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, rookies tend to be deflated a little bit in that value. So we're seeing good value for Rashi Rice, Jonathan Mingo, Tank Bigsby, uh, so all of those guys, if if you want to attack some rookies late, are all really really positive. Uh, but this this rookie here that I'm attacking is a tight end, uh, Sam Laporta. He's coming off the board at tight end 19 on ESPN. You can get him right around 191. That's about three and a half rounds later. Then you have to take him on sleeper. Uh, and Sam Laporta is a, a player with a, a very high ceiling. Uh, it seems as if the for whatever reason, the, the the hype has kind of quieted around Sam Laporta at Lions camp. I mean, he crushed it at rookie camp. He was really, really good at OTAs. But now here in the preseason, we're just not hearing a ton about him. And I think that's a good thing. 
I think sometimes still waters uh, catch the best fish. Is that the expression? I don't know. I, I routinely dis- uh, make a mock of myself trying to use expressions here that I just don't quite know. But anyway, I do know that Sam Laporta is a, is a good tight end. He's an athletic tight end. 91st percentile, 40-yard, 85th percentile speed score. He has good burst, well above league average. He's very agile, 90th percentile agile score. He's a quarterback's friend because he's 97th percentile catch radius. And look at the, the team that he's on, right, ladies and gents? The Detroit Lions is a top-five offense from 2022 that does not have a clear number-two target in their passing game. Jameson Williams, he had seven targets, caught one of them or two of them. I don't know how dependent he is going to be. When, even when he comes back from suspension, he's not going to be dependent while he's suspended for the first six games. Um, Amon Ra St. Brown is an absolute stud. We all love Amon Ra. Who doesn't love Amon Ra? Jameer Gibbs caught a couple of passes uh, in week one of the preseason. Uh, we expect him to be very, very, very involved in that passing game. But again, I don't know if you could say a rookie running back is going to be the number two pass catcher in this offense. I think a, even even though that he's a rookie, I still think a tight end like Sam Laporta, a guy with yak ability, someone who can you know make people miss after the catch. He can break it to the lights, break it to the lights, take it to the t- end zone and score them touchdowns. And, and at tight at 19 everybody i mean you're getting a pretty good value you're getting a chance now that you could take him as your late round tight end stash you could go a little bit you know if you wanted to take someone in the middle a, t- a pat fryermuth a dalton schultz a tyler higby and then follow it up with a sam laporta you can build such a formidable roster such a, a solidified strong deep roster and now you're inserting sam laporta in as your potential you know, league winning tight end Oh, sign me up, and the value is just too much to pass up on ESPN. So Sam Laporta is another person. He's another player that I'm targeting. Rookie from Iowa. I think on ESPN drafts, uh, he's absolutely going to be on my rosters, and I think he's a player that can be uh, at worst trade bait, at best a league winner tight end for your team if you miss out on some of the top dogs, which you know in ESPN leagues, your casual drafts, sometimes we it's best to just wait if you don't get one of the top dogs. I talked about it uh, with my man Matt Babich. Uh, on last week's episode. And if you haven't checked out last week's episode, I highly recommend it. Matt Babbage brought that heat and we were talking about redraft strategy. So go ahead and check that out. You can parlay that episode with this one and get yourself all game planned up, all ready to go to dominate your seasonal redraft leagues on ESP. And that's going to do it for today's episode. So we broke down a whole bunch of players uh, that I'd really, really love on ESPN. We talked about Chris Olave, Ken Walker, JK Dobbins, Jordan Addison, Kadarius, Tony, Devon, a chain, Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, and Sam Laporta. And like I said, on ESPN, you will find value in rookies. Roshan's going a hell of a lot later than he should be on ESPN. You can take these dart throws, these chances on younger players on ESPN and absolutely laugh your way all the way to the bank. Oh, shout out to you, Fantasy Dogs. Good stuff, my man. Good stuff. Thank you for checking us out. And if you've been rocking with me all day, thank you so much. If you're checking out the podcast, again, thank you uh, as always. Uh, make sure you like this video. Um, Go ahead and subscribe to the Player Profiler YouTube channel to get uh, uh, 
access to all of our shows, Memphis Young and Jerry Sinclair, the Dynasty Warzone. Those guys are fantastic. I love it. I've been on the show a couple times. They're some of the best. So this is more of a redraft episode. But if you're still feeling that Dynasty talk, you want to get all the fan, the Dynasty uh, talk that you can, head over to the Dynasty Warzone. Check them out because they're some of the best in the business talking strategies. Uh, you know, Memphis was on the show talking just how you can incorporate business theories and life theories into fantasy football. I mean, these guys are seriously some of the sharpest in the business. So check out the Dynasty Warzone. And that's why you subscribe to the Player Profile YouTube channel. Like this video, like I mentioned. And go ahead and leave a comment. If you like this episode and you want me to do one, uh, kind of breaking down ADP data for Yahoo League. Some of your leagues are on Yahoo. If that's something you would like to see, just go ahead and leave that in the comments. Let your boy know, and I'll provide it for the people. Whether it be an overtime episode or a full episode, that is up to y'all. Go ahead and leave me a comment. You can find me on play a, you can find me on Twitter or X. You can find me on X now, I guess. It's a, uh, my handle on X is at Maddie Keywoom. Uh, reposting, posting, not retweeting. I guess you can't do that anymore, but I don't know. It is what it is. But all my work, playerprofiler.com. You can get my TikToks at playerprofile and at player and at profile underscore NFL. And if you just can't get enough of Maddie Keywoom, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash the executives with me and Cody Carpentier have teamed up to provide Patreon content for all of the listeners. So go ahead and do all that. My friends, amigos, keep game planning, and I'll talk to you next week. Peace.